Hey, this is Glory Every Day, and I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Kayla Turner. Join me each week as I talk with a friend about how God is at work in our lives for His glory. I love to tell stories, laugh, and accidentally cry often. My hope is that hearing these conversations will encourage you with fresh eyes to see how God is at work in your own life for His glory. Because whether you are cleaning a bathroom, working at your computer, or having coffee with a friend, God can be glorified in all of it. Hey guys, I am so excited to be back for season two of Glory Every Day. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. It really means so much to me. I'm excited for this season and what we have in store. There's a couple episodes already recorded and others scheduled, lined up, ready to go that I believe will be a blessing to you guys. So today we're starting out with um, celebrating others with my friend Julian Stock from church. I had him come over to have this conversation with me because I knew that he would be somebody um, that could talk about this topic really well because I think he does it well, but also I knew we would have a lot of fun in our conversation and it proved to be true. I know that my husband had to edit a lot of our laughing (laughs) out of the audio, but there's still plenty for you to hear. So I hope you guys enjoy um, our fun and hopefully really encouraging to you a conversation about the importance and value of celebrating others and those around us, making them feel seen. Today, I am so excited to be talking about a topic that I love to write about a lot. If you ever follow along on my blog, Kayla Jean is Me, I have a segment that I do from time to time called Celebrating Others. And that, um, if and I have alluded to where that came from, and there's references to it here and there, but I'm going to go ahead and review again for you <laughs> why I love that and where that passion started from. But when I was in high school, I think I was a senior, we had, it was, I mean, I went to a traditional Southern Baptist church and we had this guest speaker come in that was, it was kind of like a revival, maybe the only kind I remember attending, like as a, as a almost young adult or in my life. But this, this speaker came in and his name was Peter Lord and he was a very old man. Julian made a face like he might know who he is. It sounds, I don't know why that, should I know who he is? It sounds familiar. I think he wrote some things. Maybe Will mentioned him. Maybe so. It sounds like It's such a like, memorable name. Yes. Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Lord. He was made to be a preacher. Um, you're not supposed to talk yet. I haven't introduced you. <laughs> oh, darn it. Just kidding. There's, some, there's someone here with me. Surprise. So. Um, <laughs> we, don't, we don't know who it is. We don't know who it is. Um, so Peter Lord came and did this. Um kind of revival or like little retreat conference thing that was a couple days for our church and one of and he talked a lot about listening to God but part of that he described as we hear God and how we should interact with others and hear God in the way the things that we should say to other people a lot and specifically he talked about eulogizing people and he used that word and I freely use this word a lot when I'm describing this and sometimes people find it alarming <laughs> because obviously we we tend to save that kind of celebratory language and often that word you know for somebody when they have died and we we eulogize them and speak well of them but like his whole point was like why are we waiting until they've died to say all these things like let's say things well about people now and he would always give tons of examples of just notes that he would write to people and how he was just really generous with his words and it was something that was so impactful to me that I have just remembered and I feel like his really meant a lot to my heart and the way that I try to interact with others and the way that I want to be faithful in celebrating people. So um, I was telling Bill Will, my husband, the other day that I wanted, I thought it might be great to do a 
episode on the idea of celebrating others. And I said, who do you think might be a good guest for that one? And he like did not skip a beat. And he was like, Julian, for sure. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're 100% right. And the reason is actually if the last celebrating others I wrote was about Julian. So go check it out to, to, to hear more about him. But I think one of the things that is interesting to me that makes it stand out that Julian is such a good fit for this topic is that if you are familiar with The Office TV show, <laughs> you probably know where I'm going with this because we talk about it all the time. But there is um, a piece of one of the episodes where Dwight and Andy get into this like favor battle that's like, oh, let me do, oh, you did this for me, so I have to do this for you. And they like try and like not owe each other. And so often I feel like Julian and I get in a rhythm of like, I'll text him something or he'll text me something of like, hey, you did a great job today or, you know, love serving alongside you or something. And like, I can't ever just say that to him. Like he's always like, he always comes back with, oh no, it is a like, Kim and I are so thankful for you or it is a joy to like, he never like lets it be. But I don't think it's out of like a place of competition. Like he's just genuinely like one thankful that someone has said, and two, like desires to make somebody else feel seen. And actually, I was talking this morning. I was at a at coffee with a friend and from our church, and I was telling her the same thing that I was. We were having this conversation today, and she was. I used that language. You know, I think he's really good at making people feel seen. And she was like, "That's it. That's exactly it." And so, with with no further ado, <laughs> the 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 voice that you have heard from in the room already is Julian Stock, and he. Uh, we've gone to church together for. Well, like seven years probably close to something somewhere like that. around there yeah six or seven years the and days. yeah we have grown a lot i think in those couple years and gotten to know each other well and seen each other through lots of different seasons and so um before we talk a ton about that i'm gonna stop and let julian introduce himself and tell us a little bit about him yeah so you already said my name <laughs> so i'm not gonna say it even though i really want to uh been married to kim for almost 11 years It'll be 11 years, the 3rd of September. Oh, so soon. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, by the time this airs, it will have already been your anniversary. So it happy anniversary now. When you well, hear it, you. it'll be belated. <laughs> <laughs> we have two daughters, uh, Adelaide, she's nine, and then Vesper is five. Uh, my day job is did I- Did Vesper just go to kindergarten? She, she did. Yeah, they just started at uh, another school. Well- okay. Really, Adelaide. Adelaide had been at the same school since kindergarten. Okay. Um, and it's amazing what moving five minutes up the road will right. do for you in terms of school district. <laughs> sure. So we had to switch schools. But, you know, not to throw shade, but it, it really in the end is like a better rated school. Great. Even though we were super thankful for sure. the teachers that she had and mm -hmm. they were phenomenal. Um, it's just a different part of the neighborhood is really yeah. the best way. I could put it so, uh, but for Vesper, she doesn't know any different. This is just right. the first year yeah. to be in, in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. uh, my job during the day, also at night, as uh, I, I work as a hospital chaplain, okay. specifically a chaplain resident okay. over at a University of Kansas Medical Center mm -hmm. downtown Yeah, on 39th. And you, how long have you been doing that? Mm, let's see, it, a little bit over a year. Okay. I originally was an intern there. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a box to check off because I had taken a job as a chaplain at a hospice organization. Okay. Uh, right. Home hospice. Uh -huh. So I was doing that and they're like, hey, guess what? You got to do clinical pastoral education, which is fancy word for uh, training for chaplains. Mm -hmm. So I had to do that and turned out to be a lot more than checking off uh, a box. 
yeah. it's pretty transformative experience yeah. for me mm-hmm. personally. And you work nights too, you said, so sometimes you have a room there that you sleep in, right? I do. We have, there's a, a chaplain's sleep room. It's okay. just a little room that has a has a bed and a fridge and mm-hmm. a desk with I a computer. I think I've seen it on Be Real. For some reason, I was like, <laughs> yeah. for some reason, I was like, why can I picture that? But I think you've like... <laughs> I've yes. posted pictures of it before. Yes, it gets really warm in there. It's, you could, it's, you know, hospitals are, you know, typically cold. Traditionally cold, but yeah. it's a small room. Uh-huh. Thankfully, there's a very nice fan in there that keeps me cold. Very nice. Very one, nice. One summer when I was in college, <laughs> I had an internship in HR, oh. and my neighbor at the time was the HR manager at a hospital nearby us in St. Louis, hmm. and was able to help me get an internship, but as sometimes internship offices are. <laughs> My little cubicle was in the <laughs> surgery storage unit. So you think hospitals are cold. They keep those those rooms like extra, extra cold. And it was it was something. <laughs> like in pain thinking about it. I should but it was summer. And so like I dressed <laughs> yeah. summer, but it was like I needed a blanket with me every day. It was almost torturous. So funny enough, uh the office is in the IV storage area so it's oh. like uh now there's other things there's other offices and other people in there it's like in a hallway so there's like a door you walk into you like scan into with your badge then there's another door mm-hmm. that you scan into and then there's another code that you have to put in to get into the you're the so protected room. in your sleeping space <laughs> i mean yes it's actually very comforting oh sure <laughs> to have that much protection sure especially if you're like Nobody somewhere can find strange me. while you're sleeping so that i guess that could be bad but <laughs> On another level, no, but... No, I heard it said it. Nobody will ever know. know. <laughs> okay, well, we'll have to... That'll be the first... Never mind, I won't say that. Okay, moving <laughs> on. So, okay, so I want you to talk a little bit about... You know, I, I gave some preface as to why I wanted you to sit and have this conversation with me because I think mm. you're great at it. So would you kind of start by telling us where that passion comes from in you like is it just something you think that's like natural gifting is it something like you know like i experienced like a really powerful teaching that impacted me a lot like where do you think that comes from in you that 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 i think i would i would call you pretty natural as somebody that like Hmm. promotes an honor culture and celebrating others you know uh to be honest i think some of it stems from um some past wounds and some you know kind of past spiritual crises yeah um I think I especially started being interested in this whole idea of seeing people when I, I kind of had a new revelation, as it as it were, about who God was. Specifically, mm-hmm. when I was going through some of uh, some spiritual turmoil, kind of even some some mental health stuff. Yeah. Um, a few years ago, I think about 2018, which uh, I was actually a pastoral resident yeah. at the Avenue when this was going on. Mm-hmm. Which um, was the the church that Julian and I attend together. It's had a couple different names, which is another art, story. Artist formerly known. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lots so of anyways. a collab in between. <laughs> so at, at the church we attended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I remember sitting with my counselor, mm-hmm. um, who's actually a guy who works for an organization called Pastor Serve. Oh, okay, His yeah. name's Rick. Mm-hmm. Um, so primarily now his, his job is actually to provide counseling specifically for pastors mm-hmm. and pastors, wives and folks that are experiencing ministry burnout. Yeah. But I remember sitting with him and I remember how much I felt seen by him. Yeah. He literally just hung on to everything I was saying. Mm-hmm. And, uh, part of that was really what woke me up to the fact that I didn't see God as father. Mm. 
um, I saw God as a set of maybe uh, theological ideas or things to to argue or you know God is somebody in systematic theology and mm-hmm. I can I can describe him really well yeah. but do I do I actually know him yeah. uh, to the level where I'm seen by him um, and I not only just know you know instinctively on a you know theological level that he mm-hmm. sees me but you know through the power of the spirit yeah. do I do I sense that mm-hmm. do I grab onto it have I experienced that? Mm-hmm. So I think that's when I really first started to connect to that. And I was like, I wonder how many other people mm-hmm. have that same issue around me. Mm. Um, of, of feeling not seen? Of feeling not seen. And I also wonder, like, um, how has that affected their view of God? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. what's underneath the hood, mm-hmm. so to speak? Because yeah. there was a lot underneath mine that I didn't even know about. Mm-hmm. Um I think Rick, my counselor, he really helped me see the the fatherliness yeah. of God by his his care for me. And mm-hmm. I think I only I think I went to about three sessions with mm-hmm. him, um, but it was really impactful. Yeah, it um, sounds like that. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's where it started. Okay. Yeah. That I love that. That's a really. I, I actually like I had no idea like I want I was genuinely curious about that you know in that question and so I yeah. that's a really sweet answer and I love that like you could actually point to something and say hey I learned this and yeah. sometimes for me the way I learn is often by like by curious I feel like I can look and see something and be like oh I really want to be like that I should mm. be more like that and not in a should kind of way we've had those conversations <laughs> don't live right. in the shoulds don't live in the shoulds um, don't should on in, yourself in, in, <laughs> <laughs> in a like spurring me on kind of way like oh that is a great thing mm. to aspire to I want to be like that but also I feel like I can observe things and be like oh man I am like that sometimes and that I see it I see it now and the mess of that and and what that's like and I don't want to be like that and so mm. sometimes I feel like watching other people for me is like monumental to be like oh yeah I can point to that and so in the in the same way I think there are people that I can be around sometimes that I'm like man like they are so sweet like and I'm sure that's probably not something that can't comes out of your mouth a lot oh they're so sweet I want to be like them <laughs> you're so <laughs> you sweet you might say somebody's sweet but not like oh, I want to be like them but like I feel like I do like I have been around people that I feel like are so genuinely caring you know like you're saying that make you feel really seen and you walk away going like not only do I feel seen but spurred on you know like Hebrews 10 talks about like spurred on towards love and good deeds that I that I would do that same thing because I I felt that and I want other people to feel that and you know be encouraged by it yeah yeah absolutely and uh one of the things i think of and it's kind of like something i say to other people Mm -hmm. and say to myself really often so um a lot of people know eugene peterson because of the message and some people have the message bible translation the message bible translation which i think gets a lot of unfair flack just saying sure um but a lot of people have a lot of feelings about that sure uh, but you know, he's also been really known, um, and was known for just being a really faithful pastor and yeah. spiritual director, mm-hmm. um, and just really sitting in the slums with people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, his son, who's also a pastor now, okay. wrote basically a biography on Eugene Peterson. Uh-huh. And his son said that, uh, he kind of, he kind of had us all fooled because he was this... <laughs> 
he was this also this really academic person, yeah. um, which I a lot of people just never viewed him as. Okay, which is really interesting. Man, in my head, if somebody has written a whole Bible translation, I think of them as probably a lot smarter than me. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's that's how I feel personally. Right. <laughs> yeah, like man, you must be really stinking smart right. to have mm-hmm. done that work. And um, he said every night when him and his brother went to bed his dad kind of had this liturgy or motto that he would say to them before bed. And he said, Hey, this is really what he lived his entire life by. And you know, it's this motto or this saying that goes like, Hey, God loves you. He's on your side. Um, You know, he's for you. He sees you. He's relentless. He's coming after you. Mm -hmm. And he's, he said that every night to his kids. Wow. And they're like, that was the sermon he preached his -hmm. entire life. And I think that's, that's the sermon I want to preach to people my oh, entire good. life. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I'd be okay being like Eugene Peterson when I grow up. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that all the time. Yes. That's fantastic. Um, so I think it makes the most sense from here to kind of keep talking through some of that, like example-wise, but I also want to yeah. to implement some like actual scripture and like this isn't just some idea that we're like oh wouldn't it be nice if we talked nice about each other all the time like use kind words and things but right like, absolutely but there's like a there's such a profound command for that in scripture that we see and like how we should interact with one another hmm. um and i used the language honor culture earlier and so celebrating others is like is, is a phrase that that i use that that stemmed again from kind of writing about people but which even then like i'm having this memory that honestly like i think that's how i began to really enjoy writing mm. was when i wrote eulogies for my grandparents when they passed away and then when my dad turned 60 we wrote this like celebration <laughs> celebration celebratory like thing about him and so like there were instances in my life where like that was the first time I really engaged in like writing outside of the classroom and it was to celebrate other people in certain environments and I really loved that and so some of that kind of came from that too but honor culture is something I feel like came from at least in my book I feel like I've heard our pastor Orion talk about that and specifically there was a sermon when we went through Nehemiah and Nehemiah 7 specifically it's this like it's not even it is kind of a genealogy but it's like all this list of all the people that that helped make this wall that Nehemiah was building Hmm. and it's a little bit you might call it a a boring passage right like it's just lists of names (laughs) and a little bit of what they did and yeah um I remember that sermon was on a Sunday following the youth fall retreat and so we had been at church all weekend and then he was preaching that sermon and um he used it to say like and gosh i hope i'm like not butchering this and he hears it someday and he's like that's not what my sermon was about but but what i remember was that he was saying you know like these seem like really small details that like everybody's name is listed here but they're listed because God cares and God sees them. And it's important that like we recognize the contributions these people made to the work of God. And so like actually writing their name down was like mm-hmm. something that was like putting forth this culture of honor that we recognize the things that people do. And so those are those are words that I've been trying to use a lot more and more just even at church when we mm-hmm. want to celebrate people and talk about them, that that would be a culture that we like outdo one another in showing honor, like Romans says, right? Like it says, and actually... <laughs> Sorry, sometimes <laughs> Julie just made a Whoops. <laughs> I bumped the stand. Is that what you call this? A stand? That's an arm? Arm, or... yeah. It's arm. an arm. 
That's uh, just I'm too I'm too but, bumbly for this thing. <laughs> you're good. So, um, Bill and I got to Bill Will and I got to teach this summer on Romans twelve um, at a summer camp that we were working together. And so even then, like I used that same example of the office as like a tangible <laughs> explanation of outdoing one another. Like they were trying to outdo each other and like favors and like let me give you this tip and here's a, here's a special treat for you. But like yeah. Romans commands us like to outdo one another in showing honor. And so like, I just, sometimes I love to sit and think about like, what would that look like if we did that really well? Yeah. Like even in our interactions with other people. Yeah. You know, and I think, it, you know, I think about this saying and uh, my supervisor actually at the hospital, it's like kind of, it's honestly kind of like a chaplain motto, mm-hmm. at least in, uh, at, in the KU spiritual care department. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, when you're hearing somebody's story, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of the things they tell us to look out for is like, hey, the the little things are actually the big things. Mm. And uh, I I think like all the time, I, I go past the little things and not see them as the big things. So mm-hmm. like one of the things that I think of specifically and I have um, really fond feelings about is somebody opening the door mm. at church. Yeah. Uh, in the morning, and uh, this is this is I guess this is a shout out now. Like yeah. I always think of Tyler Parks, of course, yeah. And I'm actually just so he's gonna get a thank you now. Uh, <laughs> I'm just so appreciative of yeah. that. Um, and I haven't even you know it's funny. Like I don't even think to you know mention that, but mm-hmm. like how big that actually is. That when somebody comes up to that door mm-hmm. and see somebody like Tyler, right? You know, you get this steady like welcoming presence, mm-hmm. which in and of itself is this picture of who God is. Yeah. The steady, steadfast, you know, thinking about the language of the Psalms, the steadfast love of God. What's the uh, what's the word? There's a specific word for love in the Psalms. Is it hesed? That's it. This is all you. This is all me. Yeah. <laughs> You're the Yeah, no, because Orion talked about this once too. Okay. So we're, oh, we're I mean, kind of, I remember that. <laughs> I remember. And once upon a time he did. Um, yeah, like the hesed of God. And I think that really... Yeah ties into honor culture sure you know yeah recognizing other people's gifts and i think especially like you're saying when it reflects god and so like yeah the things that i think about even just in hearing you talk about tyler like several things came to mind about like the way that that is an important gift like i think yeah sometimes it feels funny i think people might think it feels funny that you're like making a big deal out of something that's small but that's what you were just saying right like we right. want to pay attention to the little things because god does and if we're being yeah. that reflection like you were saying like god sees us and so specifically in the example of opening a door when you're saying that i had this memory of my sister and i when i was either finishing up college or right out of college and i feel like we tried to find a church forever and like mm. that is such a hard gener- like age for you know people to engage in church because there's often not a lot of community there for that but for sure we had a lot of poor experiences and i can remember Mm. we walked in one day i think we were like a tiny bit late but not that late yeah and the way you got into this church it was older we got in and it was almost like a split level house like you could go down to the bathrooms and like Sunday school rooms maybe or you could go up towards the sanctuary and there was like one person and we could hear the music and we just were like we well I don't know what it was but like we opened the doors we were in there and then we were like uh, I don't think we want to stay <laughs> and we did it we went to Panera talked about what we read in our Bibles that week and called it good but 
you know, like there's something about entering a space that feels lonely and intimidating when it's new. Yeah. But when there's somebody like opening the door for you, that's like smiling. And, and that's the thing is like Tyler's a, a glowing figure, if you will. You Absolutely know, like I mean, there he really is. is he, there's such a joy in him. And so like when you see him open the door, it's also like, A, there's no turning back. Like you're not going to walk in and be like, oh, this is not where I'm meant to be. <laughs> yeah. You, you can't turn back now. Right. And so like he's also like so genuinely happy to do that. Like he yes. really loves that. So it's not like, oh, OK, just somebody was needed here today but like Tyler's going to be there whether or not he is signed up on connections team that week because he loves it like he he loves loves that job and he is walking in his gifts and doing that and so like I think that brings me to another point that I would love to talk about is like when we're talking about honoring people and celebrating others it's not in a way that is hey look at all these cool things they did but Mm. really we're like pointing back to God's glory and we're saying hey God did these things through him like God is using Tyler God is using people in their gifts to bring him glory. And so those are the things that we highlight. Yeah. I think you see Jesus doing this as well, especially yeah. I think of, I know like it makes us chuckle when we think of Zacchaeus because there's all these yes. different like childhood stories. Could you say stories. his name again for me, please? Zacchaeus. <laughs> is that, <laughs> is that, a, is that, a, I don't, I'm tempted to make fun of you because that's who I am. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, go for it. I'm but, all for it. No, no, no. But you also have, I don't know, maybe you know more about, I would say Zacchaeus. Oh, Zacchaeus. I yeah. said Zacchaeus. Sing the sing the song real quick and see how it comes out when you sing the song. Oh man! <laughs> so like I know about that song, but like it's not at all a part of my childhood. Mostly, I don't know if that's because I grew up Roman Catholic or what. Um, well, I don't know. You get you get catechized when you grow up in the Roman Catholic Church. Don't I, I don't remember any but of I it. I would think they still had probably. Anyway. All right. So so it's, this character it's, it's, was a tax collector <laughs> <laughs> whose name started with Zacchaeus. A Z. So you said Zacchaeus. I said Zacchaeus, right? Yes, but I also say um, umbrella weird. I don't put the emphasis on the right syllable there. So I'll leave room for the fact that I could be wrong. Hey, this sounds like the, okay, this is a rabbit trail. Yes. But yes. <laughs> we know all about those, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why we're friends. <laughs> it's, it reminds me of, uh, so you know, like St. Augustine. Yes. So some people say Augustine uh-huh. and some people say Augustine. I'm yes. an Augustine person, but people have tried to correct me on it. And I'm like, maybe we're just both right. Maybe we're both right. Nobody really knows. Yeah. Anyways, off that trail. Uh, I think of uh, Zacchaeus because he's this... Dadgummit. Oh, go ahead. You got it. Okay. All right. It's fine. We're fine. It's all fine. Uh, I think of Zacchaeus Mm -hmm. and him being up in this tree. He's trying to listen to to Jesus's parable. Mm -hmm. And he's like, hey, you, I'm going to come over to your house for dinner. Yeah. And I have to wonder in that moment because we're not really given a description of how Zacchaeus felt or like who he was, Mm -hmm. but just Jesus said, hey, we're going to have dinner over at your house. Mm -hmm. And I I wonder if part of that was part of Jesus having him be seen Hmm. because he's kind of away from everybody. At least the the passage makes it sound that way. He's just up in this tree. Mm -hmm. I always describe him as a short guy. I don't think we really know though, right? Because I've seen depictions. Well, the and like, song says he's a wee little man. A wee little <laughs> I am fairly certain that he is short in stature. You go ahead and keep talking, and I'm going to do a little research. And so, you know, and I, and I think of all the other passages of, uh, you know, where Jesus is reclining at tables, yes. and he's spending time with people. You know, he's going to weddings. He's, uh, you know, he's turning, his first miracle is turning water into wine. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, I feel like a part of honor culture is hospitality, as well i feel like if jesus came to my wedding uh and made wine uh mm-hmm. i would feel pretty celebrated i don't know about you 
Yeah. Yeah. But, well, the thing was, they didn't know. They didn't know. Who he was. They the didn't time. know who he was. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think maybe we assume he's short because he had to climb the tree to see. That's fair. But um, don't you worry. If we find out that we are wrong, we will put that in the show notes. <laughs> We'll put it. What we'll we know a, about Zacchaeus. We'll put a commentary in the in the show Asterisk. notes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, like seeing people, but in ways that like continue to point back to God, right? Like giving Him glory. So it's not like this list of just compliments for the sake of compliments. But right. I think you know we were talking earlier, and one of the examples I was thinking about, I just finished reading Exodus, and like the last couple chapters chapters of Exodus are this like, chapters, chapters, <laughs> Zacchaeus of. Like really long descriptions of what you can help me say this name right. Um, I don't know. I may give you the wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> You're humble. I appreciate. It. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm being so serious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Bezalel. So that was my running assumption because I read that name uh-huh. when uh, you sent over yes. some of the notes and yeah. the outline. I'm like. I hope I say this right, right on the show. I planned on actually looking up yeah. to see if I see if I could say it right. I right. just never did that. So fortunately, you forgot to look up all the others. But it's a fine. <laughs> it's, it's a fine. I said that's like cold. A, Samario. Okay. So um, Bezalel, right? Is so that's him, and there's another guy um, that are kind of that are the skilled workers that take on kind of the implementation of building and creating and crafting all the things in the temple that God mm-hmm. has instructed him to. And what's funny is like it it's it reads as, as um, Bezalel like does this and then it goes for chapters and chapters and chapters and it just keeps saying he. And like, you know, how you can mindlessly read sometimes, especially when it's maybe a less engaging text is maybe, you know, it's this this list of, you know, Numbers is a hard read. Yeah. There are parts of it that are, I actually really, really love. Oh, for but sure. there are some dry parts. And so anyway, in this particular part, like I get, you know, into it and I'm like, wait, who is the he? You know, so I'm like backtracking and backtracking and it's and it's Bezalel. And so it also is interesting to me that like we see all these things that he did, like lists and lists and lists, but it's not focused on, like it doesn't keep pointing back to who did it. Like it's, you know, I, I found it interesting that like his name is once and then it's just pronouns, 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 pronouns. Like he did this, he did this. It doesn't continually point back giving him credit and so like it in some ways you know you see this list of all these things he's done but at least twice it points back and it says and he did it exactly as the lord commanded and so it's you know Mm. there there is a way in which you could read it if you forgot that part and didn't read it in its whole context that it's like oh look how cool he is like this guy was so so gifted and he was able to craft and put all these things together and he was able to thread all of the the pieces of the of the tent for the temple and like he was mm. able to do all the things with the metal and the the gold and the wood and all of the stuff, but it was all because he did it out of obedience and that the Lord commanded him to. And so like that it that it actually all culminates with that at the end that like that was the win. Like he was obedient. Like it yeah. wasn't that he was so gifted to do all of it, but he did it out of obedience and that's what pleased the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And like talking about like all of those little details and mm-hmm. stuff as you read, mm-hmm. you know, in that you know, I think of like all the little details that go in to gathering on Sunday. Yeah. Um, the coffee downstairs, <laughs> uh, you know, um, the slides, like mm-hmm. all that stuff, which, you know, I think can be really easy to look past. Mm-hmm. Not because we mean to. We don't mean to. Right. It's just it's just what happens every Sunday. Right. It's just something you get used to. Um, but it's like your kids just think laundry gets done. 
<laughs> like here it is all folded oh i just it just ends up on my mom's bed and i just put it away every day like that's no big deal I've, no actually i had to work don't <laughs> <laughs> I, I i confess that sometimes i think on that level <laughs> uh, it just happens I you know touch that. go ahead i'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, not even gonna touch that one <laughs> but yeah that's that's what that makes me think of mm-hmm. and you know like you were saying you know, I, I think we could read that passage and be like, oh, it's it's all about, how do you say this this fellow's name? I think it's Bezalel. Bezalel. Mm-hmm. We, Exodus 37 through 39 where is where we get that whole list. Yeah. Um, you know, we could walk away thinking that it was all him. Mm-hmm. But it's like, could he really do all that by right. himself? Mm-hmm. No. no. Well, yeah. And, and like even before that, like you see this whole gathering of all these people that are going to help him do it. Yeah. And there gets to be so many people. And so here's one of the things that's really cool. And like, um, you know, this is pre the incarnation of Christ. And so the Holy Mm. Spirit hasn't come to dwell forever. And so up to this point, Mm. like the Holy Spirit like comes and goes. And so it's always so fascinating to me when we get language in the Old Testament about people feeling compelled or that the Holy Spirit led them because it it obviously does because the Bible tells us that, but it wasn't like you and I experienced that today because he's, you know, dwelling in us indefinitely. Right. And so like you see this leading up to 37 where God compels certain people to come help and God compels certain people to come and give all the things that they need, all the supplies and materials. And there's actually a part where it says they came to Moses and said, tell them to like, we don't need any more. Tell them to stop. Tell them to stop. (laughs) And I just was like, man, that's so cool. Like, yeah, from uh you know just from any perspective but specifically you know as someone that's a leader in the church like i think that's so cool that people give so much that they're like stop we don't need anymore but like that was because the lord led them to and like again they were obedient like how often does the lord lead us to do things and we're not obedient and we miss that and so you know yes so to say all that yes like god was at work through him but also through other people to accomplish all those things. And so like, it makes yes. me think like, let's go back to Hebrews 10 that, that we would consider how to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And that we not forsake the local gathering of believers because when we gather together, like we are spurred on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I also think through like, so I also want us to talk a little bit about like what it doesn't look like. Mm. Right. So we're talking about how, when we create an, when we either create or help perpetuate or engage in like honor culture or celebrating others um it doesn't look self-serving and so i want to point that out because i think it's easy to just compliment people or to even like have some sort of ulterior motive when we say something in a way that we want to actually benefit us or to make ourselves look good and um i was having a conversation actually the same conversation, same person this morning at coffee, we were talking about how much the enemy really loves for us not to know that we're sinning. Oh, we actually said that earlier. Like we said it at coffee and then I think you and I were talking about that. Yeah, no, that's okay. I think it's a good thing to touch, touch base on again. Yeah, that, that we don't know if we don't see it, then, you know, we can, we can choose disobedience on our own, like blatantly, Mm. like, Hey, I shouldn't say this thing, but I'm going to say it, you know, or, or I'm, I'm participating in these thoughts or I'm, you know, going to continue to think these things about people, but I actually am unaware that it's sin or choosing to not be aware, you know, so there's ways we can be blind to stuff. And so I think it's important to say these things because we don't even know that we're doing it. So like, 
we could be complimenting somebody, but it's really because we want them to like us a lot, right? Like I could, there is a way that I could like send you a message and say, hey, Julian, thanks so much for um, playing the drums every week because um, you do it a lot <laughs> at church. Thanks so much. But like there's a, there's a yeah. way in which like I could have a bunch of different motives for that. Like I could be doing that sure. because I actually want you to recognize that I did that and like, oh, maybe he'll tell somebody that I complimented him, you know, or like yeah. that I'm actually wanting attention for it or yeah. that I really want to be your guys's friend and be known as your friend. So I'm just going to like make you like me by complimenting you all the time. So like we can we can try and honor people in a way that is self-serving and like that's not a that's not a pure heart. Yeah. It makes me wonder because um, I think myself, I think if we're being you know, transparent here. Mm -hmm. We've all done that. Sure. To to some degree or yeah. another. But I always wonder like, well, what's going on in that person yeah. to want to gain something mm. by giving a compliment? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it would make me wonder if, okay, this person would like to be seen mm -hmm. or there is a scenario in which perhaps something is deep within their soul that they've mm -hmm. experienced where they yeah. weren't actually seen. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think that's the, one of the first things that comes to my mind if that's like something that is discovered. But I think the other thing is too, um, it can be really easy to use that to like elevate position. Yeah. Um, which I've been guilty of sure. myself in the yeah. past. And again, sometimes it has even been in places where I didn't recognize it. Oh yeah. Um, and just, you know, taking time to reflect and be mm -hmm. like, Hey, and it's like, it's actually really not that, it's not that satisfying. Yeah. You don't like walk away satisfied no, yeah, at all. Because you're still on that hamster wheel. Like I yes. have done this too. Like, and so that, that's why I know, you know, that it's yeah. like, because it's not that I'm going, oh, I want them to like me a lot. Like I'm not thinking those words, that dialogue is not happening in my head mm. or monologue. What's usually, what would have been happening, right? If I would have done something like that is more of a, an emotion of like, oh, I feel threatened. They like somebody else better than me. So I'm going to go say yeah. these things so that they like me more. Or I'm going to go do these things for them. You know, like, yeah, that's, I think that's true. Yeah. But, but I love that you, what, what a, what a kind and like pastoral heart to see that and like have such care for that person. Right. So like they may be, they're, they're, they're maybe not acting out of a pure heart, but like for your care for that. And so like, if that's you as a listener that you're like, oh man, I've done that before. Like, I think the question like a, like, Hey, let's repent and just say, Hey God, we're sorry for that. Right. And we yeah. turn from it. But I think the question that, that we get to use to help us in that is not just, okay, I'm going to be better, but like, Hey God, would you show me what I'm actually desiring? Like what, what can I find in you that I'm trying to find somewhere else? Yeah, so Trevor uses this liturgy during our uh, confession um, on Sundays. Um, it's not every Sunday, but it's it's definitely often. Um, and it actually comes from the Book of Common Prayer, uh, which is like an old Anglican prayer book. Mm -hmm. And part of that prayer uh, says like, you know, God forgive us for the things that we have done and left undone. And what I have found in my life about um, being seen or even trying to um, use compliments mm -hmm. to create relational collateral yeah. between people and mm -hmm. get elevated which really just stems from like I, I want I want people to see me I want people to like right. me I want right. to have which community. isn't like that's not a it's not a bad desire, desire. right it's right. a good desire that's yeah. just the wrong way to go about it right we just may not see that mm -hmm. and you know using that language of left undone it's yeah. like I found in my experience of that even um, just receiving spiritual care 
um, from people is like there's a lot of things in my life that I thought were kind of were kind of um, closed mm-hmm. that I had actually kind of left undone unknowingly. Yeah, just past hurts, yeah. past wounds. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's I think mm-hmm. about that a lot. Yeah, it's a big part of my work too in my ministry sure. at the hospital. Like, yeah, you know, probably eighty percent of my job mm-hmm. is counseling and mm-hmm. sustaining people. Yeah. Well, and even I thought about when we, you know, you're talking about left undone, like how much do we not do kind of on the flip side of that? Like, I actually don't want to recognize that person because that's a threat to me or I don't want yes. to celebrate that thing because oh my gosh. then, you know, like the, the motive of that is like the inverse, but just as detrimental. Like I've left undone these things because I want to still be on top and I don't want some or whether yeah. or not it's the same gifting, you know, like, or just whatever it is that. And some people just aren't wired that way. Like, and so that's one of the things that I want, like, again, like let's talk yeah. about these things and open our yes. eyes to see things that maybe we don't naturally see. So like, um, I wanted to look at, uh, Philippians two, two and four, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind, do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. And so, you know, Bill will and I talk about like what what it would look like if we had this perfect honor culture, right, which doesn't exist on this side of glory. But if we <laughs> pursued really well, like making a big deal of other people, then in the end, I'm not ever going to have to make a big deal about myself. And not that that's the goal, right? Like the goal is not for me to to be made a big deal about. But like if we mutually submit to one another and I'll mutually celebrate other people, then I will feel seen like by God, because if people are, are acting in him, like their motives are pure and the things that they say, then like, it's not bad to, to love the affirmation that you get. Right. But like, as long as what you were doing that you received affirmation for was for God's glory, then that continues to, to push all those things in the correct direction. Right. That I, have been seen in the way that I've served and I've given that it's that it perpetuates that and it doesn't like fill this other bucket of like oh good I'm being affirmed I'm getting all the words I need but rather like hey thanks like thank you that God used you to say that that you saw whatever it was you know that like that if we can remember that it's not about us right that it's about hey I'm so glad God used you to see that I'm glad that God is using me and that we can again continue to point it back to him. So in this part of the conversation that we're in, it makes me think about uh, Jesus's own words in Matthew 6, um, starting in verse 5, and he says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. And it's really funny because... Ironically, it is not rewarding at all, right. <laughs> <laughs> which I think is the point. Right, right. <laughs> but then the Lord's prayer mm-hmm. follows that. Yeah. Um, you know, and Jesus says, no, no, pray like this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our Father mm-hmm. who's in heaven, hallowed mm-hmm. be thy name, mm-hmm. will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give yeah. us this day our daily bread. And part of uh, that daily bread is the fact that we're seen by God. Yeah. And we're at our most natural. We're not... And it sounds it sounds backwards in a way when we're not worried about being seen by others, which I think what happens is when we're more focused on the fact that God sees us, then we mm-hmm. start to realize that actually there's a lot more people that see me than I realize, mm-hmm. especially if you are living in community yeah. with people. Mm-hmm. That definitely helps a lot. Yeah. Yeah. 
I want to give uh, just one last example, uh, <laughs> perhaps, of what this doesn't look like, maybe. Yes. Um, and again, like just some people learn well that way, like, oh, it's not this. But yeah. um, and this is maybe really small, but it's just something that my heart wants to to name and give some words to. But like, mm. I think like so like social media can be great in this, right? Like it could also be detrimental. But like mm-hmm. and it's not all about, again, like making somebody's name big as much as it is. It's like, hey, look how God used them. Like, look at them be obedient to God. Yeah. Um, in a way that is helpful. But like, I think phrases like, sorry, my best friend isn't as good as yours. You know, like I understand the heart behind it. Right. But if we want mm-hmm. to excel and we want to do things really well, like it makes me think of Ephesians four twenty nine that like my words are a blessing to those who hear, like, what if it just said like, because here's, here's what I think you actually mean, or at least it's what I would mean is like, Hey, I hope for you that you have a friend like this, you know, like, Hey, I have this friend and my desire is that you actually have a friend like this. Like, what if we didn't have to make a put down in something that's supposed to build other people up? Like, cause if we really want to highlight things and want to point others, like that we could choose our words well, and not that we're not all going to mess up. Like, I'm sure I've said stuff like that before, you know, but like, praise God for grace that we can learn and grow and not repeat things sometimes. Definitely. And I think that's a really important thing to to talk about, too, uh, because of the fact that I can't remember who said it. It might have been Ray Ortland, but... I was really hoping you would say St. Augustine. St. Augustine. <laughs> that would have been cool. <laughs> it would have sounded really cool, for sure. I mean, who doesn't associate, like, coolness... Social media? With, with like, social media. St. Augustine, he loves social media. So, um, Ray Ortland, yes. Ray Ortland. <laughs> wonderful man. Wonderful guy. Uh Anyways, uh, he says something uh, close to there is so much discouragement in the world mm-hmm. as it stands. Yeah. Always will be. Sure. On its own. <laughs> On its own. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he, he says, I would rather make the error mm-hmm. of giving an overabundance of encouragement. Wow. Because the chances are pretty high that people are pretty... Um, low in terms of having any encouragement that they've been given. Wow. Um, so I think that's also what you're saying too. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, look how helpful and how awesome this person is. Mm-hmm. And I hope you can know them or know somebody like yeah. this person. Absolutely. You know? Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's so, what I'm hearing is like, this encouragement to just be generous with our words like i i'm wondering if there's times that we don't say something because what i always laugh at the phrase i don't want to give them the big head you know like i don't want them (laughs) to think like okay like that's actually not my job to decide like i can be generous with my words and what they choose to do with it in their heart is actually between them and god that's right i could tell you all kinds of things and it's it's actually your deal if you get a big head about it, not mine, you know? And right. so like when sometimes, again, going back to like, sometimes we withhold for whatever reason, but like what it, what would it look like for us just to be really generous with our words? Right, and, and going back to what you're saying, like, hey, it's not really up to me to figure out what somebody's gonna do with mm-hmm. that. Yeah. It reminds me of what Paul says about mm-hmm. the gospel being preached. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, if it's being preached, yeah. Whether somebody has ill intentions or yeah. good intentions, it's still happening right. for the glory of God and the yes. good of others. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. And I think that is like doing this well points to the gospel, right? Like you were saying in community and, and yeah. you know, when we were talking about earlier what it would look like for a community to do this really well and speak well of each other and cause people to feel really seen 
and I mean, and often celebrated, but often seen in their pain too. Like we don't have to fix everything. Sometimes we just need to sit with people and, and feel really seen. And, yeah. and that is compelling to, to the lost person, right? It's confusing that people would love that well and have an ability to see people like, because it is supernatural. I can't always know things that are going on in people's lives, but you know, there are times when I call a friend that says, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you called me right now. Like Hmm. I, I just, and it wasn't like this moment of like, oh, should I, should I, I think God put them on my heart. Should I call them or should I not call them or what's going on? Like, it's just walking in the rhythms of the Lord and like, and he uses those things. And like, and sure there are moments when we could leave, you know, going back and saying like we could leave something undone because we really heard it and chose disobedience. But yeah. but the more we walk in the rhythms of the Lord, reading scripture, spending time in community, hearing the word preach, serving and giving, like we often the voice of the Lord is just in us and we are are acting that out and it's seen in the ways that we interact with other people and the things that we say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's right. Do you have anything else you want to add to this topic or say before I ask you my question? I I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Of course, you know, I say that and then, you know, like hours from now I'm gonna oh, be like sure. eating a sandwich or something, but like, ah, I should I wish we would have <laughs> talked about that. You know, that's right. how all the good ideas happen in the most random moments. Often, yes. And but I do, like, I think this was really helpful. And I loved this conversation. And thanks for being here for it. Yeah, thanks you. for having me on. It's yeah. been a lot of fun. Good. I've had fun. Good. So because God is glorified in our laughter, so there was plenty of glory today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there but, was. But what is something, Julian, that has made you laugh really hard recently? So both of our, our kids were going to VBS mm-hmm. at uh, Sycamore Hills, which mm-hmm. is a Baptist church over in Independence. Mm-hmm. Um, all of our kids, the Turner's, Turner kids and yeah. the Stock kids, yeah. um, and many other kids <laughs> went to uh, preschool there. And so, uh, you know, there's, they do VBS every summer. And so it's kind of a fun time because I, I ran into Kayla a couple times that week and uh, I drove up. <laughs> And I was uh, actually running a little bit late and I was surprised to see her uh, still parked there. And so I was like, oh, you know, it'd be pretty funny if I just snuck up on her, but it's, <laughs> nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. And so I like kind of crouched down. <laughs> I wish you could see the goblin-like position the goblin-like he's in right now. The position that I was in. But no, that you're currently in trying <laughs> oh, to, right to now. relive it. I mean, it was, it was pretty goblin-like the way I kind of like, it was almost crept like- Crept below the window. Crept. And so, like, I kind of slowly, like, moved my head into the, like, view of the window. And the Kayla just went like, ah! It was a very <laughs> shrill scream. And and William, he was like, he had this really funny look. He was like, what? What is she doing? <laughs> and I just, at multiple points during that, <laughs> during that I mean, day. I mean, he got me just, good, y'all. I was... I was just so surprised that it worked. I'm not a sneaky person. I'm really not. <laughs> That's the bumping of the the arm mic several times. <laughs> Bumbly describes me very well. Bumbly. Um. No. I I also laughed very hard multiple times that day. Really. I'm glad it. you did. I think you know. I was telling you earlier. I think one of the things that that even made it funnier was like it was a fantastic scare, and we do a lot of scaring around our house, our house, our, our house, and Sam. We do a lot of scaring around our house. <laughs> Okay. Um, oh, pretty pee. You can't catch me. <laughs> that's the voice I use when I'm reading the uh, the leprechaun book to Sam. But that's irrelevant. And so, 
tell me now about when you've laughed hardest, Juliet. No. So the reason, so we we scare a lot around our house, and it is really funny. And Sam, our youngest, is like freakishly good at it because he's so still and quiet, and like he he can get as good sometimes. Mm. But also, we can get him good too, and he is never mad about it. It's really hilarious. He'll be like, "Oh man, you got me." Well, that's helpful. But <laughs> the point is that I was like. I feel like I was like extra scared because I already like was in a place of feeling caught when that happened because I had been I think at church staff meeting I was really hungry and the kids got lunch at this VBS and so yeah. they were have they had they were fed and I was getting hungry and for those of you that don't know hangry is a real thing for me and I it's not a good it's not good for anybody involved mm-hmm. and so I I had gotten Chick Fil A actually well neither here nor there I was eating Chick Fil A yeah and. I like literally like gobbled it up. I was sitting in the parking lot like trying to finish it so that I could throw it away and it, there would be no evidence of it when I picked them up. And so I got all my trash. I throw it away. I go pick the kids up. I get in the car. I'm not even kidding you. Sam goes, it smells like Chick-fil-A in here. And then William looked down and I had for- <laughs> scrambling and I had forgotten that my drink was still in there. And William was like, you did get Chick-fil-A. And so I'm like already like, uh, uh what do I do? And then, <laughs> and then there's Julian ever so creepily and slowly like just appearing in my window from the side like no body or anything just his head coming out and it was terrifying <laughs> that would be terrible especially if you're already on edge and i know right. i know that exact feeling where like you're trying to like bury your trash because like my kids love chick-fil-a too and they'll be like oh dan why didn't you get us right. like- <laughs> oh my gosh i also have to bury um things that come up from school because i don't need to save everything and their feelings are very hurt, so I have to like bury them oh, in the trash. Oh yeah, but, but I, I save a lot. I you know not a terrible. Vesper problem. has <laughs> caught me a bunch of times, and it is not good. Also, quit staring at the trash. Just drop your trash in and move on. <laughs> no need to examine things. Whatever. Um, Sam has been really scarred, I guess, recently. This is what making is making me think of it too. That like. There is, I mean, obviously they're staring because they think we throw their things away, but they're convinced that if something disappears, it's been sold. And I don't even know why, because we've not had a garage sale in like two or three years. And I think maybe when we get rid of stuff, we talk about like, oh, maybe we'll sell that or maybe we'll have a garage sale or something. And Sam, but they also are confused with the word sale and sell. And so, like, oh. we have a garage sale, so they think things get sailed. <laughs> like, sailed so on a boat? Day, like, we could, I don't know. We couldn't find a game or something. And Sam was like, well, did you sail it? It sailed away. Sorry. Did you Did you sail it? So it's on a cargo I'm, ship. <laughs> into another place, and you no longer have it. But the end. So, <laughs> thanks for all the laughs, Julian. It was fantastic. I really Thank enjoyed you, you sitting here with you today. Finn? Finn. Fiend? Is it Fiend? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not French. Fiend, <laughs> hey, listen, I know that I spent a lot of time talking about how this doesn't look, but that's because, you know, being honest, that just comes from a, a pure place in my heart from all the times that I have been impure in my motives and like making much of others which is like out of a place of insecurity or trying to make a big deal out of myself like you know in there construed in a really distorted way and so while I spend a lot of time saying this is what it doesn't look like I just want to encourage you with some simple ways that it can look like like writing notes to other people or sending messages telling someone like to their face things that you appreciate about them and um, things that they may have done or said that have really encouraged you and so I hope you were encouraged today um in ways that cause you to express your love for others well and often, whether that's family, friends, people in your community, go be generous with your words.